<laughs> All right. I love the book of Nehemiah. How many of you enjoy reading the book of Nehemiah? I, I love seeing how God can do a work through, through people that are really unqualified, through people that are just, uh, perhaps we wouldn't think God could use. And we find that to be the case here in the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah, of course, was the cupbearer of Artaxerxes, the king of Persia. And upon hearing how his brethren, Nehemiah's brethren in Judah, were suffering great affliction and reproach, and, and how the wall of Jerusalem had been torn down, and how the gates had been burned, Nehemiah had, been, had received this great burden uh, for, for his people, and he wanted to go back, and he wanted to, to see something happen. He wanted to restore the walls of the city. And so God gave Nehemiah favor with the king, and Artaxerxes gave Nehemiah everything he needed to go back and, and to uh, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And it's quite a remarkable story because there was opposition. Remember, there was Sanballat, there was Tobiah, there was Geshem the Arabian. All these, uh, they falsely accused Nehemiah, saying he was trying to come in and establish a kingdom for himself and usurp the authority of the king. And, and uh, they had sent false false reports and rumors and all these things in an attempt to discourage or to weaken their hands in the work. Church tonight, I want to I tell you this. I want you to write this down. God does not call you to a, necessarily to a place. He calls you to a work. He calls you to a work. What is this work? Tonight, as we look here in the book of Nehemiah, we're going to see some things that God does and, and draw some very practical lessons from Nehemiah chapter 3 specifically, though we're going to begin in chapter 2. But God calls us to a work, not to a place. If, if, all, we're, if all we ever look for in our lives is satisfaction in a place, it will never come you will never find it. Because fulfillment comes from the Lord Himself and being faithful to the work that He's given you to do. And as we begin here tonight, we find that Nehemiah has returned back to Judah. He's in Jerusalem. He has planned. He has surveyed. He's put in all this legwork, all of this preparation. And now the work is being presented to the people. And if you're able, I invite you to stand with me tonight. We're going to read here in God's Word, beginning in, uh, in, in, in uh, verse number 17 of Nehemiah chapter number 2. Notice what the Bible says, beginning in verse 17 of Nehemiah 2. It says, Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Notice, it's a good work. The Lord's work is a good work. And, and we need to work together. 
in this good work. And the Bible says in verse number 19, But when Sanballat the, the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that ye do? Will ye rebel against the king? Then answered I them and said unto them, The God of heaven will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. But ye have no portion, nor right, nor memorial in Jerusalem. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Lord, our prayer is that you'd settle some things in our hearts this evening as we begin a new year as a church family. Truly, the work is great. It's a good work. It's a needed work. It's a work that deserves our utmost care and attention. But Father, the reality is we can't do it apart from you. But tonight, Lord, as we look here in your word, we ask that you would speak to us. That you would help us in this work. Lord, the work you've given us is great. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Lord, we're to preach the gospel in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. Lord, as you begin the year, help us understand the necessity of this. And may we give you preeminence in your work priority. And so God, tonight we ask that you, would, that you would knit our hearts together again concerning this truth. And Father, we pray for your help this evening. We surrender to thee. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bibles, I'd like to draw your attention to what the Word of God says in verse number 20 of Nehemiah chapter number 2. Notice the declaration that Nehemiah makes. He says, Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. Therefore, we his servants will arise and build. You and I are able, by God's grace, to involve ourselves in His work. And while the work of God may at times require building walls, His work is building His church. I want you to hold your place here in Nehemiah chapter 2, and I want you to look with me in the New Testament, please. The Gospel according to Matthew, Matthew chapter number 16, we find the work of God. In Matthew chapter 16, in verse 13, remember from just a few weeks ago and, the, and some of the pictures I was able to share with you from my trip to the Holy Land and being here in Caesarea Philippi and seeing all of these different pagan temples and, and, and uh, altars upon which they would make sacrifice to the god Pan and Zeus and all of these uh, false deities. 
This is the setting in which Christ and his apostles have come. They've journeyed miles to get here. And the Bible says in verse 13 of Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The rock upon which Christ builds his church is not Peter. It's the confession that Peter made. That Jesus is, in fact, the Son of the living God. That he is the Christ. And in response to Peter's answer, Jesus affirms what he is intent in doing. And he says, I will build my church. Christians, this is the work of God. But have you ever thought about the great honor it is to work with the Lord? I want you to hold your place here and look with me, if you would, please, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. You see, this work is a great work. It's a good work. Uh, there's no greater work in all the world than the Lord's work. And you and I, understanding that Christ builds his church, this is the church. We're thankful for that. The church is is a group of, is a local assembly of those who've been saved and baptized. They've joined themselves together to carry out the Great Commission. You are the church. Christ is building this church. And granted, he's all-powerful. Remember what Jesus says at the end of Matthew, Matthew 28, 19. He says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All power. Jesus does, does not lack power. He's omnipotent, just as God is omnipotent. Jesus is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He possesses all power. But then he does something unique. In that he invites us to labor together with him. It's remarkable, is it not? The fact that God lets us in on it. I want you to look at what the Word of God says in, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says here, uh, in verse number 6, he says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is it he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. In other words, God's responsible, but we each have a part. And he goes on to say in verse number 8, he says, now, uh, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Note that word, labor. Do you know what the work of God is? It's work. 
in our society today, work has become a four-letter word. We don't like it. But God's work involves work. It's a labor. Paul defined it as a labor of love. We are constrained by the Lord's love. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, For the love of Christ constraineth us. But he goes on, look in verse number 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, For we are laborers together with God. You and I are laborers together with the Lord. Is God doing a work? We know that he's working. Prior to, to Jesus ascending back to heaven, prior to him dying on the cross, look what the Bible says back in, in the Gospel according to John. In chapter, chapter number 16. We're introduced to the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit of God, who came... Pentecost, upon all those who've accepted Christ. And he's in you at the moment of salvation. The Bible says this concerning the work of the Holy Spirit of God. He says in verse number 7 of John chapter 16, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. That's the Lord for you. Always tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. God is at work. What is he doing? He's, he's at work building a people. The Bible says of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because, if I, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the Prince of this world is judged. And, and even if we look back in John chapter number 4, the Bible says in verse number 22, says, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. What is God doing in this world? He is working to establish a people. He's working to build His church and you and I have this great and awesome opportunity to involve ourselves in it. Let me ask you a question this morning. Or, not this morning, tonight. It is technically 5.45. Are you willing to work? Are you willing to involve yourself in the work. I want you to look back with me, if you would, Nehemiah chapter number 2. Nehemiah chapter number 2. We see here that Nehemiah is involving himself in a great work. It's a good work. He says, The hand of my God, which, is, which was good upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me, and they said, Let us... Rise up and build, verse 18. So they strengthen their hands for this good work. Will you strengthen your hands for this good work? 
as we begin 2023, there are many things that we believe God would have us do. I mean, the whole calendar is chock full of them. Do you realize that one or two people cannot do all of this? And in all honesty, honesty, we can't do it ourselves either. But God can. And he's called us to labor together with him. I don't know about you, but this year I want to see God do a greater work. Don't you? We rejoice in all that God has done last year. But I don't want to live in the past. Have you ever met someone who lives in the past? I don't want to live in the past. I don't want to look back and see all of the, and, and just reminisce of all the great things that happened in the good old days. I'm convinced that now is the good old days. Because God has not abdicated his throne. He's still in charge. He's, Christ still possesses all power. People are still able to be saved because the gospel still works. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. And church, as we consider what God wants to do, will you strengthen your hands for his work? As it's, it's January the 8th, 2023. Would you do something for me tonight? Or would you do something for the Lord tonight? Would you write in the margin of your Bible, right there, in Nehemiah chapter 2. I will work in the Lord's work. I will work in the Lord's work. Don't write it if you don't mean it. And then, underneath that, Write today's date, January 8th, 2023. I will work in God's work. Church, how will you work? The Bible says, Nehemiah, Nehemiah declares, therefore, verse 20, we his servants will arise and build. We're going to go out, we're going to do it. We're going to charge hell with a squirt gun, Right? There wasn't going to be anything that would deter them, though they would try. And because of their zeal and fervor, and no longer, they don't want to be a reproach. They don't want God to be a reproach. They don't want people to, to wag their heads every time they pass by the city of Jerusalem and scoff and slander the Lord. I want God to do a work. And you know what? God did do a work. Look over in Nehemiah chapter number 6. Nehemiah chapter number 6. In record time, the wall was reconstructed. In verse 15, the Bible says, So the wall was finished in the 20 and 5th day of the month Elul, in 52 days. 52 days. I walked around the city of Jerusalem. They couldn't build that wall in 52 days now if they wanted to. It's remarkable what God did. God wrought a work. Why? Because the people had a mind to work and they had faith in God. 
But I want you to look back with me in, in Nehemiah chapter number 3. The people rose up, they built. How did they build? Chapter 3 highlights what the people did. Chapter 3 is, is full of lists of names, and I'm going to spare you the time tonight. We're not going to read through all the lists of all the names. You're welcome, because I would butcher them if I even tried. But you know what we see in Nehemiah chapter 3? We see the heart of the people manifest in what they did. How's your heart? How will your desire for God be manifest in 2023? I want you to write this first, this first lesson down, if you would. When we consider the work, when we consider building, some build as is expected. I like it when people do what's expected of them. How many of you will get up tomorrow and go to work and hope that your coworkers do less than what's expected of them? That's 2023, isn't it? Don't be surprised when they, when they don't do less than what's expected. You know, I'm not, we're not diminishing those who did what was expected. Every one of us in this local church have something uniquely uh, given to us of the Lord that we can fulfill. The Lord has placed you within the body. We're not all noses, we're not all hands, we're not all toes. Some parts of the body are more comely than others, the Bible says, but every part of the body is needed. Except for the appendix, you can live without that. No, but everybody's needed, aren't we? Every one of you are important. We're all vital. And gallbladders. Sorry, Allison, I didn't mean to, didn't mean to exclude you there this evening. But we're all needed. Every one of you are necessary. Look what the Bible says. In, in, verse, in, verse number, in verse number one, the Bible says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brethren, the priest, and they builded the sheep gate. I, I walked through the sheep gate three weeks ago, four weeks. Well, it's been longer than that now. Time flies. About a month or so ago, I walked out the sheep gate. I was there. I saw where they built. And we can go down from verse 1 all the way through verse 32, and we find that, that name after name, family after family, individual after individual, built. They did what was expected. And we rejoice in that. When we build, how will you build? When you work in the Lord's work, how will you work? How will your love for the Lord be manifest in your labor? Paul wrote, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands a thing which is good. It is good to work. It's great to work for the Lord, isn't it? As we enter 2023, I want to encourage you to do what's expected. Don't do less 
than what's expected. Notice the second lesson we learn from Nehemiah chapter number 3 is this. While some build as is expected, others will build earnestly. Will you build earnestly? What does it mean to build earnestly? Look what the Bible says in verse number 20. It says, After him, Baruch the son of Zabai, I'm sorry, earnestly repaired the other piece from the turning of the wall under the door of the house of Eliashib the high priest. He earnestly repaired. He repaired with great zeal. He repaired with great fervor. He repaired with, oh man, with all of his might, did he not? I want you to look what the Word of God says. Holding your place here in Nehemiah chapter 3, I want you to look with me in the New Testament book of Colossians. In Colossians chapter number 3. See, you and I, as we, as we live and as we serve the Lord, we should live earnestly. We should serve earnestly. We should live as if this is the last day we have left. We should live as we believe Jesus could come back at any moment. But too often we're so earthly minded. Our affection is on things on earth, not on things above. But notice Paul's admonition in in Colossians chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 22. He says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men-pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. In verse 23, the word of God says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord, and not unto men knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. I don't ever want you to feel like you're serving me. Well, here's Pastor again. You know, he's, he's asking me for help again. The Lord knows I need all the help I can get. But we're not, we should never do it to please one another. When we labor and work in the Lord's work, and may I tell you, the Lord's work is more than just what takes place within the walls of this building on a Sunday and on a Thursday night. You, this is is to take with you for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So what we learn here on Sundays, we truly take with us Monday through Saturday so we can share it with others and bring other people to Christ. That's the purpose of it all. The ministry of the Lord is, while it it takes place here at church, it extends far beyond the walls of this building. It's at the gas station while you're filling your car up with gas. It's at the checkout line, the grocery store. It's in your cubicle at work. It's in your shop at work. It's on the telephone. It's on the computer. Every facet of our lives, 
is God's work. Remember, the Lord has called us to a work. Jesus did the work, didn't He? How will you do the work? Will you be lackadaisical in your work? Just relaxed, complacent? I want to live my life for Christ now. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Church, will you, in the work of God, will you labor earnestly? Will you do it heartily as to the Lord? For we serve the Lord Christ. Look back at Nehemiah chapter number 3. Not only did some do what was expected and others did, uh, did the work earnestly. Look at a third component here tonight. Nehemiah chapter 3. And I'm thankful for this. The Bible says in verse 27, he says, After them the Tekoites repaired another piece. The Tekoites. Look back in verse number 5. The Bible says, And next unto them the Tekoites repaired. So here we have a family that, that has already been given a work to do. And you know what? They got it done. We did it. We finished it. I'm going home. Good luck, guys. That's not what they did. They didn't leave. They went back for more. They were gluttons for punishment. No, they understood the value of the work. Therefore, they sought Nehemiah for another piece to repair. Again, in verse 27, it says, After them, the Tekoites repaired another piece over against the great tower that lieth out even under the wall of Ophel. Look down in verse number 30, it says, After him repaired Hananiah, the son of Shimeiah, and, and Hanan, the, the sixth son of Zalaph, another piece. You know, in the Lord's work, there's not a shortage. There's not a shortage in the Lord's work. Here's a question. Will you do what's expected? Will you do it earnestly, hardly as to the Lord? But will you seek for more ways to serve God this year than any other time? Don't be content with just a little bit here and there. Ask God for another piece. Lord, I, I want to do more for you this year. I personally want to do more for God this year than I ever have before. I'm not sure if I have it in me physically but I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to do it earnestly. What God gives me to do, I'm going to do it heartily to Him. And as He allows me to do more by His grace, I will. Will you, in this work of God in 2023, will you seek God for more ways to serve? Ask Him for another piece. You know, sometimes... And we don't, we don't fully know why 
they received another piece to repair. But it could be the exception to the rule. What's the final lesson we see here tonight? And may I tell you, this is something I don't want to be. Why did these others have to do more? Because there were some who wouldn't do anything at all. Look what the Bible says in verse number 5. It says, And next unto them the Tekoites repaired, but their nobles put not their necks to the work of their Lord. Did you see how they described the work? Whose work was it in verse number 5? It was the work of their Lord. Building that wall was the work of God. It was the work that God had given the people to do. But for some odd reason, the nobles of the Tekoites refused to have part in it. said, ah, it's not for me. I prefer that. Well, somebody else is doing that. Well, I guess I'm just not going to do anything at all. Have you ever watched someone watch you work? Talk about annoying. It's terrible, isn't it? At times, it's all I can do to not say something. You know, I I was reading online the other day about... um, a government employee worked for like the, the road commission or something. He got this huge promotion because he invented a shovel with a kickstand. That was a joke. You ever see you're, you're, walk, you're driving down, why, why do roads take forever to be built? Because you've got one guy doing the work and all the other guys just over here leaning on their shovels. Right? Watching everybody else do the work. I'm sorry, that's not for me. Because God has given us a work to do, a work in which every one of us can be involved. And I don't want to sit idly on the sidelines as an observer. I want to get in the game. I don't want to ride the pine pony. I loved playing sports growing up. I loved playing football. It was so much fun. In the fourth quarter, I didn't want to be on the bench. I was of no use to the team on the bench. I mean, you look over at your teammates, you've got people who just are there because they have to be. Their parents, well, you have, to, you have to play a game. You have to play sport. Get out there. Don't be dumb, right? There are people who, who are exceptionally talented but don't really care or try. Then there's people who give it their all. And those are the people I want on my team. Isn't that the people that you want to play with? That aren't just going to cheer you on from the sidelines. 
but that they're going to soldier with you. As we close tonight, I don't want you to look with me, if you would, please. The book of Philippians. Philippians chapter number 2. We see a man whose name is Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus about died. He about died doing the Lord's work. <laughs> he about worked himself to death. But in verse 25, the Bible, Paul describes this man. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 25. He says, Yet I supposed it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus. And notice how he's described. My brother. If you're here tonight and you know the Lord is your Savior, you make up the brethren. You're my brothers. You're my sisters in the Lord. Paul looked at Epaphroditus and said, you know what, that man, he's my brother. You know what the Bible says? Brothers are born for adversity. In other words, you should be able to depend upon the brethren. Right? He's my brother. He says, and companion in labor. Epaphroditus, he wasn't the man just sitting there on the sidelines. He wasn't armchair quarterbacking the thing. Right? No! It's, don't punt! It's fourth and one! You can run the ball! Sorry, but you have no skin in the game. You've just placed yourself on the sideline. But Paul described Epaphroditus as a companion in labor. They were working together in the work. But notice what else he says. And fellow soldier. You and I are called the fight, the good fight. Because the Lord's work is good, isn't it? And I don't want to be like those nobles. I don't want to sit back and think I'm too good for God. I don't want to sit back and be discontent with where God has placed me. Remember, it's not about the place on the wall. It's about the work of God. And every one of us can do the work. Every one of us are called as co-laborers together with God. Therefore, we His servants will arise and build. 
Will you build? Will you work in the Lord's work? Will you do what's expected? Will you do it earnestly? Will you do extra? But man, will you please not be like those nobles and not do anything at all? Just imagine. Imagine, just for a moment, what God will do this year at Pickerington Baptist Temple as we strive together for the faith of the gospel. The Bible says that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. He can do it. And you and I can be part of it. Will you be part of it tonight? Will you work for the Lord in 2023? Let's stand together with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.